0: Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Dawson. I'm a working medium, spiritualist minister, certified spiritual life coach, and mentor. My goal is to help support today's modern mediums and spiritual seekers in making strong connections with their own spirit and spirit helpers. I will share all I know about mediumship development and spirituality. I invite you to join me on this journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. My next guest is an appointed teacher of the Spiritualist National Union, a diploma holder in public speaking and spiritualist education, as well as a certificate holder in speaking, demonstrating, and teaching. She's also an appointed assessor and course organizer at the prestigious Arthur Finley College. She also believes our objective is not only to prove survival of physical death, but to understand that we are all part of that divine essence we call God. Please welcome the lovely Minister Simone Key to the show. Thanks so much for being on the show, Simone. It's lovely to connect with
1: you. And it's really lovely to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, most welcome. So as I mentioned
0: before the show started, I came in... I guess, got to know a little bit about you, not personally, but know about your work a few years ago when I'd seen some interviews and things done on YouTube. And then I seen a damn, I think it might've been beginning of this year, last year that you did with Tony Stockwell, whom I mentor with. And and I just thought, oh, she's absolutely lovely. I wonder if she'd ever be on my show. And well, here we are. So, you know, the spirit world, Brings people into our lives for, thank you. for Absolutely. Thank you. I love it. So I really wanted to get to know a little bit more about you. And when I've done some research on your bio, it talks a little bit about in your early years, Simone, that you were actually an
1: atheist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. My my mother was a Jew and my father was Presbyterian and they decided that my sister and I wouldn't have any, were not to have any religious education at home, that we were to go out and find our own, you know, so that, you know, we weren't um, indoctrinated as such. And um and I actually became be, be, through that freedom, I became an atheist. And I really believe that, you know, when you're dead, you're dead and this is it, and so on, you know. And that's how it's that that's how I was for a very long time actually, until my perhaps early 30s, you know. So
0: And is yeah. that around the time that you became ill and then you kind yeah. of found yourself moving into spiritualism? And then how did that kind of unfold for you, Simone?
1: well it was at that particular time in my 30s i i started things started to happen to me i started to get sort of um strange feelings um and all, all sort of panic attacks that kind of thing heightened sensitivity and so i went to a healer and and i remember a friend of mine saying to me at the time have you ever thought about going to a spiritual healer and i said because i've got absolutely no understanding whatsoever i just said i'd go and see a chiropodist if i thought it would do any good you know <laughs> <laughs> and when uh, i went to this man and he 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 was a lovely healer but he kept telling me that i was very psychic well i wasn't interested at all and i was it was almost like i was i, I was saying to him, well, you know well yeah we'll just get on with it I'm not interested in that, you know. Um, but that, it, that's really when it started, my understanding started, the very first instance, because he was opening the doors to my mind to make me see that there was more to life than the materialism, you know, and uh, looked at the balance, and that's how it started. But And it was through finding if you like, for me, finding the spirit world that I became much more at one with myself, that was my beginning. It was about really understanding myself because I didn't know what was happening to me. And of course, now I look back all those years, many years, and I see that my understanding was changed through my ability to see it was to, due to sensitivity being heightened and also extending one's awareness of self. And And I'm always a promoter of personal development. I think that's where all of our work should start, you know, not necessarily by just giving messages, but by understanding ourselves first. And that's where it all began.
0: I do agree with you because I feel like um, just even in the teaching that I do and what I see, because I'm a spiritualist minister and we have people come to the, the center and they're looking to just immediately start working with the spirit world, but having no understanding or realization of the spiritual self, which is such a key component and being able to work with the other world. If you don't know yourself, how are you going to be able to understand another individual that's,
1: you know, in a physical body or discarnate? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and if you if we don't understand each other, how can we not how how can we then? just understand the spirit world if we've had no life experience for instance we can't recognize that within someone else that we know about ourselves so that's why it's important in my opinion to understand who we are what we're about and what we're looking for too and uh, and appreciate what we're finding but I know that in my early days I think I was just so scared of it all. I was I think I was absolutely terrified. Uh if I'm honest, um I remember the a very that same friend that suggested I go to a healer suggested I go to a medium and I remember saying to her, where would you find a medium? You don't get them in the yellow pages as they were in those <laughs> days, you know. Yeah. And she told me about this little lady that lived locally to us and and I went to see her. Um, this lovely old lady in a um, little cottage but it took me an hour to get in her door because I was that scared I don't know what she was going to say but I was frightened of what she could say to me and as it turned out um, you know she was just very easygoing a nice person who told me things but they didn't scare me they made me search you know and that's how it really started
0: And when you were, so you were in your 30s when you started your development. What did your Hmm. development look like? Was it more about learning more about yourself or where did you get that
1: understanding? Um, (laughs) um, My development was really, really tough. I have to say that I can look back on it and say, my goodness, you know, you, you know, it was such a challenge because I was this eternal cynic really that didn't really believe anything and I would say at the end of every everything oh yeah but what if you know and I I was never really sold if you see what I mean you know and I was just searching for proof and basically I actually set out to disprove it all and that's why I'm here today you know but, you know, in the, in the beginning of my development, um, it was a very difficult time because I was, in, I was really searching so hard and I was finally asked to join a development group. And I was over the moon um, that I'd been asked to, to attend. And I, I went into the group and then that night I was asked not to come back. So I was a bit gutted. And so, and then eventually another group asked me if I'd like to attend their group. And again, I was dismissed after the first night. And I know now it was because I asked too many questions. I want to know everything. And yeah. people see in those days, they saw. Questions as a challenge, but to me questions are such an important part of our development because that's how we learn through questioning, not just accepting everything as as read, you know, that's it. Yeah. And, and now I see that that was my issue, but I have to say, in all fairness, that despite the fact that I was expelled for two groups, I actually now believe they did me a favour because I didn't belong to anybody or anything. And I had to depend on the spirit world to teach me. And that's something that I promote almost daily. Um, One of the things I'm known to say is make the spirit world your teachers. That does not mean you don't learn from everybody else. Of course we do. I wouldn't be here if I didn't think that I could perhaps hopefully help somebody else. But the point is that we, if you pardon the expression, sign up to work with the spirit world. Therefore, that's where our priority lies. They're the, they're the minds that know us the best. So we should ask them what's the next step in our development? What should I need to work on? What, what experiences am I lacking in, in terms of my work? Not life. They're not there to tell us what to do with our lives only to do with our work with them because I consider my work with them to be an integral part of a group. I'm no more important or less important, but I'm, I work with a group of minds and I call that a collective consciousness that I work with, but, or a spirit team, you know, that's that's how I see it. That's how I see it. And, and I feel that, you know um whatever we do in our development we should be referring to them and saying to them you know okay is this the right step is this where i should be but not for the point of view of expect- expecting them to tell us every little thing about our life they are not allowed to interfere in our lives That's otherwise right. otherwise we who, who could who's perfect you know there's no such thing as perfect in fact They talk to me a lot about perfect imperfection because when you've got something that's imperfect, you can work on it. But if it's perfect, there's nothing you can do. Can't do anything more to improve it. Yes. I believe that allegiance we have with the spirit world, I believe that that um, connection, that blending we have with the spirit world is integral, is vital to the future of our development. Even our relationship with that um, power is in, is so ultimately important in everything we do with our work with spirit. Absolutely. Because if it's only, it doesn't mean that we've got to be, you know, working every minute of every day. It doesn't mean that we've got to be talking to them every minute of every day. But just being able to expand our mind, expand our energy, and blend with that power when it is needed, when it is necessary. That's what we're about. That's what mediumship to me is all about. It isn't just about giving messages. Agreed. That's I actually think that's the smallest part of our work. Yeah. You know, um, and it's a part of my work I love, don't get me wrong. But if I thought that all I was to do with my life was to give messages to people so that they could understand that we survive physical death, well, I'd give up tomorrow because one day we're all going to find out the truth that we survive physical death. So why am I going to waste all my years just proving that when there is so much to life, not death, but to life? And, And for me, spirit is about life, not death. Absolutely. Life is eternal. And when
0: people get excited about I want to do messages or they have this realization, oh, I've got this, li- I can link in with another world and I can get communication or bring through communication. That's really a small facet of it. Tiny and, part. Mm. Yeah. And our mediumship development, the messages are a byproduct of everything else that we cultivate Absolutely. with the other world. Yeah, definitely. And, So don't focus on the message, focus on developing that rapport and that relationship with your spirit team. And I love how you call it your team, because so do I, they are a team and you're working together towards common goals and they will not interfere with our free will. They'll certainly give guidance and support, but they're there to help us live our life. And I think, you know, you made a good point too, that it's about life. It's not about death, because if we understand death is an illusion and that, physical death is merely a transition, then mm.
1: it's all about life. So why are we focused just on that brief mm. moment in time? Yeah, sure. I think, or I think possibly because so many people in our world are terrified of dying, you know, yeah. and all that, that transition, yeah. Um, yeah. that they're scared of that. And, un- and I can understand that because that's about the fear of the unknown. Yeah, But, but those of us that, that, un- the that, are familiar I'm not saying no but we we're familiar with the spirit we know that their message is ultimately live life to the full enjoy it don't just endure it you know and that's what they'd say to me constantly for other people about enjoying life making the most of life making the most of relationships having people in our lives. And I know this pandemic we've all been through, we've all endured. I mean, that's so that's been so inhuman because it's against everything that we are as a society. We're meant to be together and not to be isolated. But it's also given us a different outcome as well in terms of, well, it's maybe made us appreciate more what we've got rather than what we had you know, um, and I feel that that's another plus. But working with that power is integral to our understanding of the spirit and accepting that we, no matter how down we feel, how isolated, how alone, we are never alone. Yes. And that part I feel is that aspect of my religion as a spiritual is never propounded enough. I don't feel that we understand or accept enough how freeing that is, knowing that there are loved ones there in the background, waiting to help us and encourage us and support us and maybe lift us in the moment with their power. Just bring that light into our life when all we can see is the dark. You know, that's what I find amazing about our understanding with the spirit, that behind that world, to to many that's an unseen world, there are those minds that want to help us to become the best that we can be. And that is the message. That is always the message. Absolutely. And it's very profound
0: when you have that realization that there is a group of souls that are gathering close, that are always there with you, and that we don't journey this path alone. And even though we may be physically alone, we're, we're yeah. not. And when we can have that understanding, it really makes the physical life little bit easier to endure
1: a little bit more bearable I think yeah yeah it's it's not everything because some you know it depends on what an individual's going through but it, it can bring just that spark of light to us that can help us see something a little bit more positively knowing that we are loved and that they're there for us you know
0: How did you find your, your way into, so you saw a medium, how did you find your way into spiritualism?
1: Okay. Um, I, I end, cut a long story short. I ended up going to, um, an awareness course. And there were quite a few people on this course, it was a six week course. And I think there were about 30 people, which in those days was quite a lot. Um, and, um, without Zoom (laughs) and, uh, and I remember going and and I actually couldn't help. I kept laughing. I kept laughing all the time as though I can't do this. This is ridiculous. I can't do it. And then I would do it, you know, and I was trying to write something and I wrote something and then I was trying to see something with somebody and I did. And I just still couldn't get it. I couldn't really believe that I could do it. I, it was almost like a party trick, if you like, you know, I was thinking yeah. that's all it is. You know, it's just a party trick. But it was, but when you start to write and words come from you that are not within your normal everyday thinking, then you have to take stock. But it still wasn't the, the, the. it was just a very small part of my indoctrination into this, to be honest, you know, my development. Um, I had a few experiences like I in, in the very early days, those very early days, um, my husband worked for Xerox, and we had a massive, huge um, word processor, and it, it it was enormous, about the size of a table with a with a console that went with it, the size of a washing machine. You know, it was huge. This thing, and it it was the forerunner to the computer, and it had a, a one line screen. You know, and and when I first came into a church the very first time I met someone who became a very very good friend of mine and she was actually a teacher at the Arthur Bindy College her name's Muriel Tennant and she was a diploma holder of the Spiritualist National Union and we had a lot in common to do with philosophy and our mediumship and so on and I when I first met her she just happened to mention she'd written a book and she said to me do I know anyone who can type it? And I said, yeah, I can type the book for you. You know, it's no big deal for me, you know? Um, So that's what I did. And I was, again, to cut the story short, um, I was, it was in the middle of the night. I was trying to get to the end of it. And I was thinking, Oh, I'll just get it finished. And then I've, I can put it to bed, so to speak. And, um, and I was typing away and suddenly the carriage return crashed badly. And I thought I'd completely smashed the system. Anyway, It crashed three times within 20 minutes Mm. until I looked at the screen and the screen said, we must communicate. But I hadn't typed those words. And I was was terrified. (laughs) So (laughs) I went to bed. I went to bed. But I had a lot of things that happened to me in my early days to convince me. So many things happened to me. Um, you know, I remember in a little village near where I live. Um, there's it's a very tiny village. It's only got six houses, and it was on my way to the spiritualist church. And like every week when I went, I could f- I could see myself behind a stagecoach. You know, the the stagecoach with the horses and the driver and the woman in the back. And I thought, this is an amazing figment of my imagination, <laughs> you know. just thought it was bizarre. And it was there week after week after week. And every time I watched it in front of me as I was driving, because uh, I, I live out in the sticks, it's very, very rural. Um, every time the stagecoach went round this bend, the, the stagecoach fell, fell over and this woman fell out. And okay. so one day, a very good friend of mine and I, we decided just, I have no idea to this day. I don't know why we did it. But we stood in the middle of this village with our pad and our pen. I don't know what we were expecting. And I just tried to tune into her. And I i, I got a name, which was Mary Calvers, and that she was an um, a Victorian governess. And she went between two villages, which I won't tell you what they are. It's too boring. And then, um, and in the, Every village in the county of Norfolk where I live, they have a church. Every village has at least one church. And this is a very tiny church. And instead of um, anyone tending the gravestones, they just stack the stones up against the side of the church. So my friend and I, we decided to look through them when we found her. And the thing was, she was wearing, I kept describing her in a, in uh um, a grey outfit uh, costume um, and with purple gloves you see and my friend was very good at social history and when we found her grave we saw that she'd been buried alongside her husband who died six months previous to her And and the point was that in the Victorian times and I really didn't know this For the first six months, they wore black. And for the second six months, they wore purple and grey. So it was just substantiating. And it was like, there was lots of things I I had to have that were solid facts. It was no good to me what I could feel, what I could sense. I needed solid facts. And that was part of the build-up to it. And it was just a question of acceptance. And that's hard for some of us because... You know, we're dealing with something that's not tangible often. You know, not many of us are, are, are privileged to see physical mediumship. So mental mediumship, that that I certainly do, is not tangible. And all we've got are words, but I wanted facts, You know, and that's how the spirit world helped me to find my way was by giving me fact upon fact upon fact so that I could put them all together. Lots and lots of them. I won't bore you with any more stories, but there were so many of them that, you know, and it all started really with my son. And I went to that lady I told you about in the very beginning, and she said to me, "Um, You have a little boy. My son was about two and a half to three. And my daughter would have been about six or seven at that time. And she said to me, you have a little boy. And I was really cross because this was, I did not want to bring my children into this. You know, this was, no. this was to do with me. And I'm, I was a mum and I was very protective of my kids and so on. So anyway, she said, your, your little boy, she said, he's very chatty but he's not talking to himself. He's talking to a little girl called Irene. And I was quite angry and I was saying to her, what's she doing with my son? Why does she want my son? Because it was all completely out of my head. I didn't understand any of it. So she she looked at me like I'd got two horns and a tail, to be honest, you know, like, you know, she didn't understand me. And she said, but she likes to be with your son. She likes your home and blah, blah, blah. So she said, um, I I remember saying to her, what does she do with my son? She said, well, you have a daughter who's got this doll's pram. I said, yes, that's right. And she said, well, she likes to play with a pram. And then she told me when I went home, as soon as you go home, you'll find that your husband is building you something with some wood because I can see it on the top of the car. Then she told me about a guy who was coming around my house. And she said a friend of yours, and he'll be telling you about another friend that's lost his job. And when I got home, the first thing was my husband said, I'm going to build a a garden table and I've got the wood on the top of the car. And then, because he'd just been down to get it. And then um, another friend came around and he just said, oh, Jim's lost his job. And I went, oh, grief, that means I've got to talk to my son now, you know, and I was dreading that one. So I waited, I didn't do it straight away, I waited. And then I just said to my son, Um, do you play with a little girl called Irene because I wanted him to say no (laughs) that would have been easy but he said yes and I said where do you play with her And he said in the garden in my bedroom and I remember saying to him do you like her and he said to me I please her mummy my children don't speak to me like that. I can assure you. <laughs> said, what, what do you do when you when you when you when you play? And he said, "Well, I get on my bike and I go brum brum." He had a little three wheeler bike, you know. And I said, "And what about Irene?" He said, "She always plays with the pram." And that was the start, really, because you cannot indoctrinate a two year old or a three year old. No, no. And so, and then we fast forward to when he was four. And in in the area that I live, the children start school at four, but they only go from nine till 12, you know, and I was picking him up from school one day and a voice said to me, something really good is going to happen tonight and um, when i got to the school he got his school photo well i'm really sorry but i you you cannot say you, you're not going to have them because it's like denying your child but they're horrible school photos are horrible no, you know. they are <laughs> they're expensive and they're horrible but you've got to have them because it's like saying you don't you you're, you're not accepting your child it's like that so anyway i i thought so in my head i'm going well thanks a lot you know that was no, no, I, I don't think that's good. But anyway, and I got home and he started to play with some toys and I was doing something. And all of a sudden he just said to me, you can't die, can you, mum? And you have to remember my children don't know. Oh, I didn't go into detail as to yeah. what I do, right. Didn't discuss it. I need to discuss things that they want to discuss, not, not what, you know, I wouldn't tell them that and he said to me you can't die can you mum and I said no no you can't he said God's everywhere I said yes and he was eating a piece of toast at the time and uh, although I don't believe in God being a man I have to tell you that um it was his mind I wasn't gonna start uh, lecturing him he was just talking to me so he said to me you know God's everywhere and then he said can he see my toast And I said, I'm sure if he wants to, he can see your toes. He said, can you see up my nose? And I said, well, I'm sure if he wants to, he can. (laughs) And then he said, oh, just a minute. Someone's talking to me. And he, Irene, and I had a conversation for an hour that will stay with me for the rest of my life. Wow. Yeah. So has your son, has your son uh, maintained that connection with spirit? No, no, not at all. doesn't remember anything about it. He's an engineer. Um, my daughter's a lawyer. They're not, they're not interested in it. I mean, he comes home, um, he's in his forties now, but <laughs> he comes home and he'll say, How's the dead world, Mum? And I'll go busy, and that's the end of our conversation (laughs) about my work. (laughs) That's it. So that's how it really all started. But it was it was about three or four years until I felt really comfortable with the spirit world, and I did put them through hell and back. I know that.
0: my god those are some pretty profound experiences you had so like without a shadow of a doubt you knew that you knew life was eternal that there this unseen world was there to love and support you
1: well finally finally but it, it took me a good three years to find that out yeah yeah and then and then I would always think, oh yeah, but what if, you know, I you know, you can always think of trying to think of some other explanation, but when there isn't one, you've just got to hold your hands up and say, I submit now, that's enough, you know. I get it. Um, I get it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: It's interesting because, um, you know, I'm so grateful the spirit world has patience and that there is no time on the other side. Um they're there and they will give us these little signs. Actually, some of them aren't so little. I mean, from what you've had, not so little. I've had some small ones. And then when that didn't really catch my attention, I had some big profound ones where I go, holy smokes, there is something here. These people are really there to support me and they're showing me what potential may be there for me. And it's really about developing the self and trusting and it's this understanding and I think that's what's beautiful about spiritualism too is yes there's a demonstration of mediumship and we prove life is eternal but you know through the philosophy of spiritualism it gives us this great understanding about life here and the life thereafter and it can help us you know if we choose to help us live this really fulfilled life and we can, I feel like at times get more out of it than
1: others who don't have this knowledge. I, I think the same. And, and I mean, there has been a, a survey done where they've seen that religion, any religion means that you, you know, in the most people live five years longer because they belong to a religion, you know, yeah. but I think it's, it's not just religion per se. I feel it's to do with the fact that we, we, Pull together with people of like minds it's that sense of community to me that's so vital in this the fact that we've all had our own struggles finding it in, if you like apart from those of us that that that, that rare breed that are um, come from spiritualist families there's very few and far between of those But the rest of us, we've had to sort of muddle through, if you like. And then when we find that, actually, we're not the only ones that muddle through. We're not the only ones that are not sure, not sure, not sure. There's a whole world of people like that as well that that we seem to be drawn to. And, And we make the deepest friendships, I believe, with those people that we have that affinity with. That we may not have to agree on every point. That's irrelevant. The fact that we have a point is what's important, and that we can connect because we recognize the goodness within someone else, you know.
0: It's beautiful. Um, I found myself at a spiritualist center um, six years ago, and I've had an awareness of spirit since I was just a little toddler, um, but didn't want a whole lot to do with them until I got into my early 30s, just raising mm. kids, too much going on. I, I couldn't no, I, and I that.
1: And that was the same. Um, I don't think I, I think there is a time and I think that it's important that, you know, we can't sometimes people say to me, I oh, wish I'd done this sooner. But they weren't ready for it. And one of the things I'm learning the hard way, because as I've just said, I have a family that's, oh, they're very, very supportive of me. Please don't misunderstand me. But it's not for them. And I've had to accept that not everyone's ready for it. And I don't want that to sound like I feel I'm superior because I really don't. But there are people who are just not ready for it and maybe they haven't got enough time in their lives to think about it or maybe there's other responsibilities that they have. But uh, but that's the point. It's the fact that it's, it's our now yeah. and whatever your now is – it's up to us to pursue that and to see that there is something more meaningful something much deeper about life itself and when we and when we find it or whatever that is that piece that's missing we recognize that it actually is the be all and end all of life so in other words if i'm looking at somebody and i'm thinking maybe unpleasant thoughts like oh I'm not sure that they're on my wavelength or I'm not sure I can resonate with them I know that if I was to be with them and just share a few words with them I may not like them anymore but I would understand them more and I would know why they are like they are and for me that's what this is all about it should make us more tolerant more accepting of each other, because we all come from the same source. Yes, absolutely. And I think
0: that's what's um, unique, not unique, but I guess I'll say unique, but also incredibly beautiful and meaningful is the spiritualist movement. Hmm. Because Mediumship, there's two sides to the coin. We have the religious aspect of it, and then we have the mechanics aspect of it. And not everybody has the same understanding as uh, those that are spiritualists. That's not to say they can't be good mediums and they're not good mediums. It's not to say that. No, no,
1: no. It's not that
0: at all. But I no. really feel like spiritualist mediums, we have a deeper understanding of the meaning of life and the afterlife mm. through the teachings that come through the inspiration from the spirit world. And it gives more depth to our, our life and our work. And uh, I'm just eternally grateful. I just remember being a little kid and always having these clairvoyant visions that I was going to be on uh, what well, we called it just like the the podium, right? But mm-hmm. it was at a christian church and i thought <laughs> my parents were elders in the church and i thought no chance that's not happening are you kidding me and then i remember being about 30ish and had another one while i was driving i thought what is i will not be caught dead and this is not to say um you know christianity's bad i love my christian no, 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 no. it's all good but it no, was no. not for me and then Just over six years ago, I walked into the spiritual center and I thought, oh, this is interesting. Of course, you sit in the back, you don't want nobody to see you. And the medium had said to me, you're going to be up here doing what I'm doing. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to come back. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it was this slow, progressive journey of me getting comfortable with it. But I don't know if I could have got comfortable with it without those teachings from the spirit world listening to those divine services and stuff. I'm not sure if I, if I could have, and I know everybody's Journey
1: looks different. No, I think I think for some of us, we have to have an understanding of the philosophy behind what we do yeah. in order to feel comfortable and confident with it. Yeah, it's just like you no. Know, otherwise, it can feel like a bit of a party trick if you see what I mean. You yeah. know, yeah. and for us, it's it's got to be deep and meaningful, or we're not going to bother. You know,
0: absolutely. And I had lots of questions too, like you did in your um, mm. early development, and I found even with like Christianity, I'd always had questions. Nobody answered. But when mm. I got into the spiritualist uh, movement and the spiritualist church, and I'd ask questions, I got answers. Mm. Um, and they would share it based on their understanding, mm. which was cool, though, because their understanding might be different than somebody else's. But yeah, yet, through all these um, compiled experiences, you can formulate an idea that resonates and works for you. And it just, I love everything about it. And mm you know I'm curious why do you think there's not enough spiritual or there's not more spiritualist churches around like in England I know there's quite a few but in North America <laughs> that, you see, there, there's,
1: there's, there's about, about far, far. 400 in the UK in That's England oh, well, in, well in the UK about 400 um um maybe I, I to be honest I don't really know because I'd only be guessing yeah. maybe it's just never taken off in that way um but I know lots of people, you know, that do have churches. There's one particular church that, you know, I work in online a lot, and that's um, uh, Reverend Janet havoc's Journey Within. And I mean, she's she's a, a model of excellence when it comes to bringing people to the church and showing people what what spiritualism is all about. I mean, you know, she's providing uh, she and her her, her um coordinator karen uh, together i mean they put on so many workshops um, online and tutorials and talks and so on that you know it doesn't matter where you where you live geographically anywhere in the world you can you can watch and you can learn and that's what's needed now you yeah. know i i happen to be um chairman of an an organization called Spiritualist uh that is called snui which is the the I stands for international, and our, and my committee, um, we our um, purpose is to take the Spiritualist National Union into areas of the world. And we're already in 43 countries, you know, and, you know, we I've heard those words for so many years where people say there's nothing going on in my area. Well, there's no excuse now because there are so many people doing things online. Churches are putting services online that you can go in and just attend and just see how it is and what makes us the people we are, why we believe in what we believe, and not think that, oh, well, you're prohibited because of the distance, you know. No, there is no distance anymore. And I feel that that's one of the greatest things that's happened through the pandemic, that that word has got out. And we're now being able to um, move into different countries and show people by example, who we are, and what we teach, and what it's all about. And that to me is everything. Agreed.
0: Absolutely. And that is one of the plus sides to this terrible pandemic is that it's allowed us to really kind of get clear on where we're at in our life, what's what Mm. serves us, what doesn't. And it's created these beautiful technologies that have allowed us to connect to amazing tutors, divine services, like-minded people. And Mm. like you said, it doesn't matter where. You are in yeah. the world. As long as you've got yeah. an internet, you can get plugged in and yeah. get what you need, which yeah. is amazing. Simone, I know that you do quite a bit of work in the trance states.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I'm
0: wondering if you could talk a little bit about what trance is and,
1: yeah. you know, its purpose today. So, okay. you know, yeah. Uh, t- 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 Trance is a subject that's very close to my heart. It's something that I actually was very scared of in the beginning. Um, But very gradually, the spirit world trod very carefully with me and, and they would hold me in the moment. And I believe that trance is when the spirit world holds your thinking and you subdue your conscious mind and become very, very passive and allow the spirit to capture your attention so that you're in the moment of the power. And in other words, that you move your mind away from the here and now, and the spirit world brings their minds to the fore of your mind. That's how it works. And that, you know, sometimes one of, there's so many, things that people say about trance that I don't agree with, not so much today, but in the distant past, they would say things like, they were asleep. Well, you can't be asleep when you're in trance because it's the wrong state of consciousness. And if it was possible, then I could, every night when I go to bed, I could say to the spirit world, while I'm asleep, could you please heal the world? And they can't do that. They need us in the moment. In a uh, it's, even if it's a subdued, passive, conscious state, they need us in that state to be able to use us to promote that power. That's mm-hmm. the point. And so th- there's so many myths about it about being asleep, but it's not asleep. It's very, very passive and can feel like you're asleep. That's a different thing. But you don't leave your body. You're not in. your I, I used to hear things and think, oh goodness, if I went into if I went into trance, I might leave my body and not get back in. Well, I've been doing this work for over thirty years, and I've never yet met someone who never got back in their body. So that's my only, you know, my only um, understanding. Really, it's not possible. But I love it. I absolutely love it. I feel that the energy of trance brings so much with it. It brings a lot to the medium. It brings a lot to the recipient. It brings a lot to the to the atmosphere. It brings a lot to people. And although not everybody's ready for it, and I do understand that, I don't feel it's a specialist skill. I believe it's a natural progression in our mediumship. Because every time I get, if I was to give you a message from a loved one in the spirit world, then I'm in a hold of the moment. I'm not in a trance state, but I'm in a hold. And when you're with the spirit and they deepen that hold, you can then go into the trance state. But I want to try to dispel myths and fears. That's my main aim with trance, to be honest, to help people realize that it's not dramatic. You know, in my day, when I watched trance demonstrations, it would be um, somebody holding the medium's arm and then leading them to the seat and setting the scene where it's subdued, lighting and really quiet and you're not allowed to clap and you're not allowed to do this, you're not going to take off your jewellery and all sorts. It didn't make sense to me because we're talking about mental, not physical mediumship, you know, trance is mental mediumship. So, but I do believe that trance, we can use it for so many, so many more things. We all know about trance speaking where the spirit will speak through the medium about aspects of philosophy we nearly all know about trance healing where through the power of um, the trance state, the spirit world can give healing to the person or people where it's needed, not where they think it's needed, but where they see that it's needed. And that that is unconditional love. It's unconditioned in the way that it's given. Um, and, you know, and it's, and it's despite the medium's thinking you know, they will work in that power. And I've seen some amazing results with trance healing, I can assure you. And then I take it that step further because I like to do trance communication. And trance communication is where I go into the trance state and loved ones speak directly to loved ones. And no, it's not the same as what I call message mediumship. It's much more close and it's much more emotional. Um, and um, and I do that. And then there's trance guidance where you go into the trance state and allow the spirit or to give information about that person's life. But it's not about messages as such. Yeah. And then there's an, another area that I do, which is um, trance so, uh, spiritual assessments, where it's about, the spirit world just speaking to the sitter recipient, just purely about their spiritual development, and so it's many many different facets that I enjoy, and they're all at different states of consciousness. They're not all at the same state, you know. But I just I I'm I love trance because I love what it represents. Because and a little while ago, a good couple of years ago, I said to the spirit world what is the point of trance? What really is the point? Because it's not, it's almost like lost its heyday, if you like. In the past, you had a lot of demonstrations of, of trance, public, private. You know, we don't see that so often. And I said to them, so what is the point of trance? And they said, because trance brings peace, restoration and hope. And that's what I work for. That's what I work for.
0: That's incredible. And yeah. you said we don't see a lot of that. Do you think everybody can develop trance? If
1: they can develop mediumship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's another step in that direction. You know, like once you, rel- once you get to work with the spirit world, once you become... Confident. When I mean confident, I don't mean that you think you're brilliant. I don't mean it in that yeah. way. But where you know that you can communicate with the spirit, once you know, when you once you recognize the 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 uh, symptoms, if you like, of the spirit team that works with you, you recognize the energy changes, you recognize the environment that they prov- help to provide, and and you take that a bit further and bit further. And if you've got the time, you need time to develop everything and all of those things mean to me yes you can yes you can you know but it depends on the person if they want to or not not everybody wants to do mediumship not everybody wants to do healing not not everybody wants to do anything you know so and I think that's okay I really think it's okay because maybe now is not their time but maybe in a few years it is their time
0: do you find, Simone, that some people, they come into their mediumship development and they just don't stick with it because they don't have an understanding
1: that it's not something that
0: unfolds overnight?
1: Yeah, it's something I've I've battled with in the past. I have to say, hand on heart, it's not so much a battle today as it was a few years back. But in those days, there were a lot of people that came into this for what I call celebrity status you know when you said to them when they were starting their development where do you want to go with this they'd say theatres you know yeah it was never and and my my I, I used to upset me because my point is that little back street church that's only got five or six um, members of the congregation in it, and you're working for them. That's your training ground. That's where you learn the psychology of mediumship. That's yeah. where you learn how to handle your abilities. That's how you learn how to understand people. Yes, and they don't want to do that. They just want to go to the wow factor, and the wow factor doesn't last. It doesn't last. It's no. that that is those few words that you say to somebody or that someone says to somebody that are deep and that resonate with the individual, or like, that's just what my mum would have said. Or they're the words my father used at the very end of his life. And they mean nothing to everybody, but they touch souls. And when we touch the soul, there's a turning point. Yes. And it's a realisation that there is more to this world than what they're seeing around them. And that's the change that we have and the change that we can make to humanity to show them that information that's their birthright. Everybody should know that we survive physical death. This should not be something we find for ourselves like we've all done or most of us have done. We should know it. We should be taught that in schools, you know. And, you know, unfortunately, for whatever reason, maybe because – Other religions hold a lot of the head positions in schools as well. We're not allowed to talk about it. I remember once being asked to do a six-week awareness course for a secondary school in my locality, and it was the governors that asked me not to do it in the end because of my religion, you know. Um, But it wasn't going to be a religious talk. This was about just working with, you know, 14-, 15-, 16-year-olds about their awareness and about the responsibility they have to one another, you know that's how I see it. but oh, anyway that's another story. but you know what I all we can do is to help each other understand that's all we can do. you Absolutely. know and we can't and, and not prove not try to prove it to those people that don't want it proved to them, not waste our time. That is just such a waste of time.
0: You Absolutely. Know. And waste the spirit world's time Absolutely. too. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got other things they can be doing as yeah. well too. But Absolutely. um yeah, I agree with you. It's I, I just kind of shake my head sometimes where people are they they don't want to take the time to unfold and develop and learn more about themselves and the yeah. spirit world and it's this journey and there is no end point where you go I've arrived. I've mastered it all. No. It,
1: oh. Wish I wish
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's no master class, there's no weekend workshop that you can take that's gonna give you everything you need to know right now. And no. they contain all of these little nuggets of truth and experience. Mm. And it's up for us to cultivate that awareness within ourselves. And uh with that, I feel what I love about the spiritualist movement is that we bring this greater awareness behind just the message itself and within that we can cultivate this deep awareness of self and of the other world of this world which gives I feel more depth to some of the the mediumship and the training that we're offering other people too it's not just about you do here's your shopping checklist if you follow these steps you're going to give a message and have a nice day it it shouldn't be just so cut and dry there's got to be depth and meaning behind it because that's where the transformation I think takes
1: place I on think I think the the scary part is we all know that there's people out there in the, in our world that will exploit we yep. know that
0: yeah
1: when you're when we're working with a parent who's lost a child yeah. um that can be and, I, and I'm not just saying that about a child but um because when we've lost a loved one that can be devastating absolutely devastating And I believe that that individual that's here, not the one in the spirit world but here, deserves the very best from us. They deserve to know the truth about their loved one. They deserve to know that their child has survived physical death and is still very much a part of their life. They deserve to know that. And that's what we should be about. And to show them through our words and through our understanding of humanity that they have a right to know and that everything that's said to them should be uplifting, enlightening, and hopefully inspiring. It should never be a cruel word. Nobody in the spirit world that I work with would ever say something cruel to somebody else. Nobody in the spirit world that I work with would ever give a warning to somebody else. they never do that because... They, we, they know what life is like. It's tough enough. Yep. And I just, I get so upset when I hear, and I do hear too often, the damaging things that certain people think are okay to say. We've all been hurt by words, every one of us. But we can also put that right with good words, with just a bit of kindness now and again, and not having and see the best in each other and not the worst in each other. And once we start to look for the best in each other, you know, if somebody came to me, whoever it was, I never see anything bad in anybody. Please don't think I'm that naive that I don't think there are bad people in our world. Of course I do. But I choose not to think about them and I choose not to look for them. Yeah. And that's the difference. And when I see people, all I want to see is the goodness within someone and see what they're good at, not what they're bad at. We're not, I'm not interested. I'm only interested in potential, what they're good at and what they can do with that potential. You know, and there is so much more because everything we see within an individual is that with what we know about ourselves. And what I mean by that is that we've had the experience maybe through our family, our friends, our work colleagues, our neighbours, but we've had the experiences of life to help us with those individuals that come to us in possibly their greatest hour of need. Yeah, yeah. And, and we might see it as just sometimes because we do so much, think, oh, it's just another reading. But that reading can be a turning point in someone's life. Absolutely. And, we have, and for those moments where we're with that individual, they should be our priority, not the time you know, not the occasion, but the priority. And we should be able to help them. And I don't mean wave a magic wand and give them all the answers. That's not where I'm about because we just don't have them. We don't have them. And maybe we will never have all the answers to life while we're in this world. But when we're with them, we should at least give them our sincerity and our genuineness. You know and know that we're trying to help them to find something to hang on to just a word or a couple of words of encouragement but everything I know that the spirit world gives us is about encouragement support it's all about and helping us to find our way it's never just about oh I've got your granny here and she's saying this to you that granny may knit, she may sew, and she may even cook. But I can assure you she's not doing any of that now. And she's probably enjoying her life more than she's ever enjoyed it because she has the freedom to enjoy it. And one thing I'd love us to do more is to bring in that thought of what are they doing in the spirit world now? How are they feeling now? You know, sometimes I've noticed in my work, especially when I work with families publicly, I'll have someone in the spirit world who comes to me who say to me, when I was here, meaning in our world, I wasn't a very nice person. And they'll tell me what they were like. You know, maybe they were very separate to the family or they were always locking themselves away or they're miserable or whatever. And then when they've said that, I can see that there's somebody in the family that 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 information resonates more with than anyone else. And then the spirit world, then the, the person in the spirit world would tell me that this is how they are now. And that tells me that one of those members of the family is frightened to go to the spirit world in case they meet them again. And it's healing. Yeah. I believe that all our work as mediums is healing. All of it. Yeah. I, if we have to have. We have to have healing as a foundation. It doesn't mean we've got contact healing or distant healing or trance healing or Reiki. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the intention is to heal. Every one of us should have that intention.
0: Absolutely. And And that,
1: that is part of the demonstration is I don't do that very often. I don't have to, thank goodness. But I then know that we don't talk enough about how people are now in this spirit, well, we talk about how they were because that's the evidence, but not how they are. And that I feel sometimes could really help the recipient. You know, the number of times I've worked with somebody and they, they've been in a, a cloud of doom and gloom because they didn't get to their loved one in time. They they they're going to haunt themselves for the rest of their lives, thinking, "If only I'd said goodbye. If only I said goodbye. If only I'd been there." If only I told them I love them and so on. And I'm having to say to them, but they know because you just said it. They you just do. Said it. Yeah. And also they didn't, they didn't wait for you because they didn't want you to see them like that. That's always the case. The, those in the spirit world, they go when they go because they didn't have those loved ones with them because they didn't want them there because it gave them the freedom to leave can you imagine that love that you have for your family and you don't want to leave them but yeah. if you're on your own and you can say okay I can leave you now because you, you can't see me now I'm okay and they choose their moment that's the point and that in itself is healing because that that son that daughter that husband that wife they're not going around with all those years of worry, thinking, if only I'd said goodbye, because you're actually saying to them, there's no point saying goodbye because they've never left you. Why would they say goodbye? Yeah. So there is so much more to our work than just a message. You know, so much more understanding to it. and, And it's something that has helped me understand life itself, understand people, You know, the the fact that every time the power of the Spirit touches us, it brings out those qualities of care and compassion and empathy and healing, and and it gives us patience and tolerance and acceptance. But if we don't follow that through, then I feel we have failed God's work. Because that's what we're meant to be. None of us is perfect. I'm the first to say that. But at least we're striving for something better, to become something better. And as we're striving, the spirit world meets us and greets us and leads us forward in our thinking so that we become intellectually stimulated as well as spiritually fulfilled. And we all need that. Yes, we do. You know, especially people like you and I who get bored very easily. <laughs> I do get bored things. easily. I know. <laughs> I know. But we we need to you know we need to understand that about ourselves. Yeah. That it's not the work that bores us not at all. Wow. But what else to think about? When something new to think about, I want a new focus. If you like, sometimes you know we all need that. You know, um, but and there's nothing wrong with it. But I know that that power that we have access to helps us cope with life. And that's my message. That's what I want people to know.
0: Absolutely. And I have a beautiful mentor and I love her. She's um, Ann Larson. She's a senior minister at our church. She's done demonstrations all over. I love her. And I also have done some tutoring with Eileen Davies and... Oh, yeah. I- another mentorship with Tony Stockwell, and I love him. And he's, um, he's a funny fella. And he's just a hoot. And he says, you know, we're in this position to bring healing. That's what it's all about. Mm. And when we are bringing through communication, sometimes, you know, and I see this with students too. And other mediums they focus so much on the sad and the sad and the sad and they think if they make these people cry they've done their job Oh no that's all and and Mm -hmm. it's like he goes you know for heaven's sakes these people have already died don't make them die a second time you know (laughs) and talk about like where they are now what are they doing and then that's important too because the spirit world are not just resting in peace they are quite busy and they've got a life
1: yeah, and there no beds out there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no beds out there. So, like, I love to see a little bit of that element come into mm-hmm. the communication
1: too. Evidence, proof of survival is good, but yeah. Is no, well, we, need to, we Yeah, but we need to know the next part, which yeah. is what's happening now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just thought that yeah. was so funny when he said that. I thought, oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, I was actually working with him um, on a week at the college. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was two or three weeks ago we had we had a, a a lovely week, and it was a, just a really good week lovely a lovely time you yeah.
0: do you have any advice, Simone, for those that are in their development or curious about development, maybe some techniques or words of advice where if they're maybe not unsure about developing, what would you suggest or for those that um, are developing
1: uh Personally, I would suggest something like a spiritual assessment, which is looking at the potentials that you have, and looking to see how you can realise those potentials. Uh, that's one thing you one could do. Another yeah. thing is just go along to a spiritualist meeting, whether it's a church, a centre. you know, it doesn't matter to me, um, and just feel the energy of it and watch people work. I did that when I first started. I would just travel all over just watching people work. I probably ended up learning more about what not to do than what to do, but it still taught me a great deal, but it taught me how to handle people. It taught me how to respond to people. It taught me how to include people in, in that time that we have together. Um, as well. And, um, I would just say, you know, the biggest issue is trust, yeah. trusting the spirit and trusting yourself. I would say it's harder to trust yourself than trust the spirit world. Yeah. But yeah. I would say to anybody who is just thinking about looking into development, you may find yourself taking three steps forward and two back frequently But remember, there is always a plus in everything you do. Even if you don't do what you think is successful, you will learn from every mistake you make and it will make you stronger and more capable and more understanding of people. Give yourself time. There's no shortcut to this work. Don't be in a hurry and enjoy it. That would be my message to them. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Please don't do it. You have to enjoy it. And and hopefully allow yourself to be free. So no expectations and just allow the spirit to work with you in their way. And it might change from week to week until you find what sits comfortably with you. But don't be in a hurry. And just and and all I would say to you is I'm not a great person. lover of sitting in the power for hours on end it's not my way I'm afraid I was at the back of the queue when they handed out patience but I will just suggest that people sit in the power just five minutes once or twice a week that's enough yeah and just be at one not asking questions not expecting but just accepting the power of the spirit Because beneath the service on a subconscious or unconscious level, there is so much more going on where the spirit can work with you on so many different levels. Don't ignore the silence. Try to find the stillness and the silence within you. And that will enable you to work closer and be at one with those minds that help you.
0: Wise words. Simone, you have been an absolute delight to have on the show. You have shared so much wisdom and professionalism and a lot of insight. And there's a lot of depth to what you've shared. And I know that not only myself, but my listeners will get a great deal out of your words. And Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: I have thoroughly enjoyed it, Courtney. Thank you so much. You've been a pleasure to work with. And uh, I do hope I meet you one day. Um,
0: Me too. I'm actually going (laughs) over to my first trip to the college. I'm going in September. I'm so excited.
1: Okay, well, wish you well. Okay. Thank you
0: so much. Can you tell my listeners um, how they can get in contact
1: with you? And your information I will put in the show notes. Okay. Um, well, I think the best way is email. Okay. And uh, my email address is Simon Key, which is Simon with an E on the end. Key, K E Y, all lowercase, all one word, 1313 at gmail.com. Lovely.
0: And if you want to see what courses that Simone is teaching, we can put a link into the Arthur Finley College. And do you have anything
1: else up and coming? Um, I I do. Um, I've got some workshops coming up with Reverend Janet NoHavok um, okay. at Journey Within. Yep. Um, and the our website is www.journeywithin.org. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the beautiful website. She has tons of workshops, yes, with excellent yeah. tutors on there. Really good so. tutors, yeah. Some lovely and a lovely variety as well. But I'm doing a workshop on trance with her, I'm doing one on evidential readings, and I'm doing one with an intuitive uh readings as well. So there's lots of different things I'm doing with her. So you're very
0: busy. Yes
1: yeah (laughs) but it's been great thank you so much Courtney it's been lovely you are so
0: welcome I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the connected spirit if you did please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast and if you do feel called to share this with your friends thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at medium Courtney Dawson It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to mediumcourtneydawson.com or check me out on Instagram at mediumcourtneydawson. Have a great day, guys.